Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. The sun hangs heavy over the Valley of the Setting Sun. The Valley of the Setting Sun is a Scion 2nd edition game set in Phoenix, Arizona, and starring Craig as Sir Nicholas, Slavek as Jesse, and Mitch as Gary. Join our heroes as they adjust to their new powers and navigate the tangled roots of the Scion community. Will our heroes be able to achieve their destinies, or will their bones be left to dry under the desert sun? You can reach out to us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM, or on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night, where you can find a link to our Discord. Welcome everyone to the second session of Scion, the Valley of the Setting Sun. So we last left off with our uh, band of heroes as they just got told where they could find a translator for the uh, inscriptions and various runes on the uh, briefcase they found. And they have been told to find this wo- a woman called Theophania Jones. All right, so we're going to start off with Sir Nicholas. So we're just still by the wake. Yes, you're still right by the Tempe Town Lake. Uh, you know, you just got told where to go. Yeah, I mean, we we could just pick it up like right uh, when we're just waiting in our office or something. Okay, yeah, okay. So we're just gonna <laughs> cut to the uh, office of uh, Theophania Jones. You went, ba- you went, you drove off, and the address she gave you. It's a very nice place in uh, you know, Scottsdale. Actually, it's the richer part of the of the valley. And so it's, you know, it's, it's a part of an office complex. You know, there's a little placard on like a lobby sign saying, you know, Theophania Joe, Dr. Theophania Jones, you know, marriage counselor for like third floor. So uh, um, we climb the stairs and Nicholas opens the door for uh, Jesse to walk in carrying a briefcase. And we approach the, the receptionist desk. Hello. Yes. Do you have an appointment? It's a you know, young woman. Well, Nicholas looks at... Uh, Jesse's like, yes, well, no, we would like to make one, though. It's kind of urgent. and Yeah, like, real urgent. Like, can we make an appointment in, like, 20 seconds? Mm-hmm. Or uh, make it now? She, she, like, pulls out, like, a agenda, like, a little calendar thing. Uh, you happen to be in luck. There is a vacancy very soon, actually. Uh, sure, yeah. My um, friend and I would really like to talk to the doctor about some issues we've been having oh, i'm sorry to hear that uh d- yes yeah, please take a seat right there and she should be free in about uh five minutes uh so, so nicholas sits down um and looks at like uh greek world monthly and like turns to jesse and says i think she might think we're gay uh, really we might give her that idea and he sort of takes a look at the greek monthly <laughs> yeah it's full, it's full of just you know men women women and women men and men all all combinations everywhere going on in that magazine yeah, ju- jesse just takes out gorman gunder and starts like petting him at least we got an appointment <laughs> it's true all right so yeah time you know, you awkwardly sit there and just peruse your uh, uh, magazine full of just sculpted Greek people. I mean, man, if, if only Gary was here, that that would be make this, I don't know if that would make this more awkward or less awkward. And, yeah, as you say that, yeah, the, uh, you know, the, the office door opens and you see a man and a woman walk out. The woman looks, you know, she looks 30s, so got a professional suit on, and the man, he lo- he's got like a very well-dressed, but got like a hood up, his skin's really pale. And he like, looks towards you, and he sees uh, Jesse, and you see, you see like a like a bit of like recognition flash through his face. He's sort of like, 
bows a little bit towards Jesse. It says something in Norse. Do I understand him? You, you, I will say, I don't think you do. Uh, the snake does, though. And it just sort of uh, it's, it hisses something back to him in Norse. So then yeah, the, the pale man like, stands back up and like, walks out with his uh, you know, presumably uh, girlfriend or something, uh, arm in arm. What was that all about? I sort of take a look at Gormengander and like quizzically, you know, put my eyebrow up. Yes, Dark Elf wanted to pay homage to the Acer. They can uh, see there is a, the snake pauses for like a light word, a scent to you that others of your uh, can smell. I mean, we could all smell them. (laughs) All right. Well, guess our appointment's up. Yes, uh, Dr. Jones will see you now. Uh, do you walk into the office? Yeah, stand up, I'll walk in. But do you still have the sword on you? Of course. Okay. So yeah, snake, snake, and, a, snake and a sword. Nothing uh, allegorical about that at all. Nothing phallic at all. Um, no. So but, yeah, uh, as you walk in, you see like, you know, there's a woman like her late 20s sitting at the desk. She, she's got like a whole bunch of papers, uh, you know, doctor's degree on the, on the wall, a couple of books, a couple of bookshelves in the office in the corners. She's, she's an African-American woman. She's, her hair and her clothes, are, they look a bit disheveled. It's just like, you know, her hair has been a couple of days without washing. And like her, hair, her clothes are a bit wrinkled. You know, it's like, it's a, you know, it's like a nice pantsuit, but it's still a bit wrinkled in places. But you could definitely see, like, yeah, she's still, it gives off this air of just, like, professionalist, professionalism. It's like, hello, yes, I've been to- uh, Jesse and Nicholas? And yeah, she like looks at she like looks at the snake and like she looks at the sword. I think I can guess oh, you can. Uh, so yes, sit down and just. So what has been troubling you? Uh, Nicholas looks at Jesse and then looks at her and. Well, I'm sure you get this all the time. Yes, go on. I mean, my friend and I have you know this thing we got to do together, and I don't know. We were having a hard time getting it through, and I talked to my aunt, and she mentioned that you've really helped people like us in the past. Yeah, so uh, so can I just, if please, don't be afraid to, uh, this is a confidential area, so please, do you, fa- tell me, do you, which, uh, which pantheons do you belong to? It, it just, it would, just, if, it would help us if you need to, uh, you know, cl- clear out the air, because I know sometimes different cultural values can cause for some conflict in couples just because of the how they were raised how you know the different values each one belongs some things are taboo and others some things are not so it just helps everyone if we just air this out if if that's not too much trouble couples he sort of looks at nick i mean we used to work together oh uh, excuse me are you not here for couples counseling then oh um i suppose we should show her the thing yeah i guess so what is this? Nick. <clears throat> she just quirks an eyebrow at you. Nicholas uh, reaches down and pulls like the briefcase that was uh, between the two of them and sets it on the table. Um, yes. We found this thing and, well, like I said, my aunt recommended your services as someone who could possibly make sense of some of these runes. Ah, and then she like, she like the... She leans back in her chair a bit and she just sort of like... Her attitude shifts from just like, you know, absolute professional to just sort of like... Just like, like much more, more casual. She's like, ah, I see you want my services as a translator. I, I suppose. Yes. Well, 
please, in the future, if you do want to come to me for counseling, I'm always open. Uh, that is my that is pr- primarily my purpose here. But yes, I will take a look at it. I don't think I can afford your counseling services. And she gives you another look and say, you might not, I admit. But still, don't be afraid to talk to me. There's, there's a lot more uh, fraction, fiction that is caused between uh, when you know, a, a uh, part of the supernatural community and the immortals become more involved. It, it's tragic, but I, I, I make it my mission to make, help love flourish where it can. All right. So, yeah, she takes the uh, briefcase and she sort of like looks it over. I was like, oh, and she you see like her lips or like mouth words and various different languages. She said, where did you get this? Is it important? Well, this is several kinds of magic and it's this is something prophecy ish almost. She like points to a line saying here says. The father of knives may not pass these wars until the end of September. Hmm. What, what could that mean? Yeah. It means that someone called the father of knives may not open this or whatever. Something may not be opened until that day comes. And she like looks at the calendar and that which is in five days from now. But she's saying September's in five days? Or? No, the end of September is in five days. Oh. Fudge. <clears throat> Do we know yeah. of anything... Like about Father of Knives, what that could possibly be? Yeah, let's see. Yeah, give me an occult slash uh, in, uh, intellect. Or right, so the one die then. Eyes <sighs> one, oh, two dice. Okay, we're the pros here on all manner of the occult, apparently. Okay, so one success. One success. Okay, and nothing for Craig. I'll just add that to our momentum, just so we don't actually forget this mechanic. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very useful mechanic when you get used to it. All right, so yeah, with just one success, you know it's some, you know, something old. Yeah, it's like old, very, very old. That's pretty much all you know about it. Just, it's something old. God damn it! That's like everything here. <laughs> well, it sounds pretty old, but no idea. And you see, uh, Doctor Jones says, "Yeah, no, this is this is odd." And then she like looks, and this is just various, like you know directions and instructions for how like no one may how it's protecting this thing protecting the briefcase from harm from like supernatural and mortal harm and then you know right as she says i think the door bursts open and in walks in francisco (laughs) your old friend oh is this the guy that uh gary tried hitting on yes hello my first he says well's my favorite daughter of oh hey dude Hi. Hello. Let any other murderers go? Or was it just that one time? Just the once, I'm making a habit out of it. Hmm. And he's like, just saunters over to like the desk and sits on it. He's like, well, I gotta say, my dear, dear Theophania, I don't think you should be taking these men's business. Might be bad for your health. I mean, for all who knows, they might just let the next murderer who comes waltzing in just let her let them go. I'm pretty sure we're dealing with love affairs of scions is much more dangerous than whatever it is we're doing right now. And then you see, like, uh, the- Dr. Jones sort of, like, leans back away from uh, Francisco's like, Yes, hello, Francisco. I thought I asked you to not barge in during wor- work hours. In fact, I thought I told you just to not barge in in my life, period. And Francisco 
he just like turns with like a smug grin on his face. He's just like, oh, but you know, I just can't help but I, you know, how would I get through life without knowing my favorite daughter, Raphrodite, was out there unbothered by life? You know, it, it's, it's, it's just not fair. You know, you being out there without me by your side, just think of what we could do. And then th- Dr. Jones just sort of like looks to you, like looks at you saying like, you know, flashes her eyes towards Francisco. Um, I'm going to like put my hand on Francisco's hand and use lover's intuition. Okay, what are you asking? I want to know uh, who is the character romantically involved with. Okay, with who he's romantically involved with? That gives you a whole list of like just people in, in like your head. So but oddly enough, Theophania is not one of them. So um, I'll turn to uh, Francisco and says, she's your favorite? Uh, what about, uh, and lists like, three, four, five, ten of the names off. And then Francisco, without missing a beat, he just goes, well, you know, it's always the things you can't get that are the best, you know? Well, well actually, no, I suppose. You wouldn't really know about that, would you? They just sort no. of like sniffs the air. I, I can smell the virgin want. on you a mile away. <laughs> uh, Jesse just sort of clears his throat. <clears throat> so, and then he, like, he, then he, see, like, he stops and like looks at the sword and at the snake. Oh, wonderful. So, tell me, who is your dear mommy or daddy? Who is the one letting you prance around with those little toothpicks? Out of curiosity, was Nibue's name on that list? No. Okay. And then he so Francisco sort of like walks up and like sort of like tries to like loom over you. Know this. I say keep an eye out because I'm going to be spreading your names around and I might not know exactly who you're with or who who begot you, but I'm willing to bet someone out there doesn't like you for that. It's just going to be a matter of uh, find, telling enough people, and they'll find you. So please make it entertaining for me. I want to. I'm going to ask them to record it when they find you down, and might kill you. Jesse will sort of raise his arms, gentlemen, gentlemen. If we're going to do this, you know, you can just pull him out and compare him. And then Francisco is like, well, if you insist, he literally, he goes to like remove his belt. <laughs> Nick's just like staring dumbly at him, like this whole thing. Jesse sort of starts laughing. <laughs> and, and at that point, Theophania Jones is like, no, 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 no. And she just like, she just stands up, slamming her hands down her chest. Like, this is a professional office. If you're going to take this, please do this outside. Or else, just leave. Pretty then sure as, that's a felony. <laughs> he's a he's a demigod. Who cares? So yeah, at that, Francisco just you know just one last so like just sees mockingly salutes and he just le- walks off. And like as soon as the door slams, Nicholas kind of snaps through. He's like, "Well, make sure you spell my name right." Like a second too late. And then like Doctor Jones just turns to you and says. <sighs> This is why I don't. This is why this. I consider myself with love affairs. This is why does everyone have to get all in the death threats and death vows and sworn vengeances? God damn it! Uh, ah, it's part of the fun. And then she just she just stares at you for that. Uh, we're very sorry about that. We did not know he was going to be here. Neither did I. I imagine neither did he until we actually decided to come here. Yes, yeah, so it seems you brought a bit of a misfortune for everyone involved. It's what we do. Wonderful. All right. 
so yes where was i oh the, yes it's ancient it's old yes uh and then she's like i think i do remember reading something about this she like j- like goes over to like her bookshelves which you know, look at big look at like a bunch of like old, like texts of just historical stuff and then yeah she looks through it and then she like catches herself doing this like wait what am i i'm not a she like, puts the book down, steps back. She's like, okay, I translated it for you. So unless you have any relationship issues, I am. I feel like my thing is done here, okay? I do not want to get involved with your questing, whatever the hell it is. But you're already involved. Fate brought us together. I swear to God, if my mother finds out about this. Okay. All right. Yeah, you, you have a point. I learned the hard way what happens when you try to go against fate. All right, so. And then she goes back to the book that much more uh, hesitantly this time. So, yeah, what's what's on your minds right now? She, like, pours over the tomes and texts. You know, you just got a, uh, basically a death threat from, you know, another scion saying, yeah, I'm going to find someone who out there who probably doesn't like it because of what your parents did. Uh, well, uh, Sir Nicholas feels that, he since he didn't really say anything um he didn't give him much ammo but uh he already kind of made peace with the one other scion that he knows about that might take issue to his heritage well for the moment at least well jesse's sort of really leaning into the audacity part of the acer so he's kind of ready to uh meet the challenge head on you know so he's definitely, he's, he's much more of the, uh, he's, he's wanting the challenge so he can t- put yeah. on top of it. Exactly. He wants to spit in the face of fate and, you know, come out better for it. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, the, Dr. Jones, she, after, you know, pouring over the books a bit, says like, ah, I found something. It's very, very old. It's like, you know, we, like, we don't really know where, what exactly the, just fragments of like this really old religion, like we're talking possibly pre-Egyptian, uh, pre-Mesopotamian. Uh, Sir Nicholas leans over the desk to try to look what she's looking at. And it's, it's written in a, like in a language you can't really understand. It's like old like Latin or something. And she just continues saying, yeah, the, it's saying like the father of knives was... It's unclear whether it was a person or... Well, they just say like the father of knives gave birth was the first knife the first act of violence with a knife or something like way back when like with the obsidian like like a Cain and Abel type thing yes but it doesn't really of course depend on who you ask about that am I saying yes we're talking like that yeah hmm so it's either very literal which is very possible or very allegorical, which is also equally as possible. Yes, so I can't tell you for certain whether or not the Father of Knives is a person who will open this thing, or if it's an actual knife that will that will be used once this uh, case is opened. It could be either or. Uh, Nicholas kind of sits back into the chair and kind of uh, looks deep in thought for a bit. He's actually considering um, like all the coincidences he's been a part of and like some peaks in the back of his head about the like pieces of, of Excalibur and is he's just thinking about it. It's like that, that that's got to like figure into this somehow, but he just can't think of how it could be. So he's just thinking on it. All right. So yeah. And then Dr. Jones says, okay, I've done my research for you. You've got your uh, next clue or whatever the, it is you do with your quest thing. So, 
Now, unless there's anything else, please leave. So you are good at deciphering ancient languages? I'm good at all. I'm just good at languages. All of them. Could you read this? And Nick kind of points to the hilt of his sword. I tried look, reading it one time and it just hurt my head. Okay. She takes the sword. So yeah, she looks at it and she says, okay. It's saying that it's supposed to be passed down at some point. That's the, for just, it's like a chain, almost like a, a part of a long chain of owners. It's supposed to clash with Durandal. It's. Would Sir Nicholas know Durandal? I would say, yeah, you'd probably know that. Just uh, out of talking with your knights. Yeah, so Durandal is the name of uh, uh, Roland from uh, Chad Roland to the Dark Tower came and like Charlemagne. Um, For those or, listening, uh, Roland is one of the uh, 12 paladins of Charlemagne, which are sort of like the French version of King Arthur and his knights, except with more history behind it. So upon hearing that, um, like, Sir Nicholas kind of like just like stands up for a second and like kind of astonished. Uh, really? Like, does it say who's supposed to wield it? You think they would add that, but no. You know, sword prophecies and all that, they never say who it's, they just say the sword, it's, it's telling you like details about the sword itself, not about the owners. But this is a future thing, isn't it? Well, since you asked me that, I'm going to say yes. Uh, Sir Nicholas sighs and, uh, like he's thinking to himself, what he could have possibly end up doing to piss off such a legendary knight. <laughs> well, all right. So yeah, something, something, something. Uh, brave of heart, dazzling, knock them back. Yeah, it's just you know something. Uh, she like tries to not to be blasé about it. She's like, yeah, it's prophecy stuff. I don't know how much of this I should tell you right now because prophecy things. Uh, Unless, Sir Nicholas nods and feels like he had enough prophecy for one day out of it. So yeah, she hands back the sword and now please, anything else? And then she like looks around the room waiting for like waiting for something else to happen. Oh yeah. There's one more thing. Jesse pulls out like a small paper, writes down his number. <laughs> if you ever feel bored, call me and I'll show you a good time. He sort of winks in his trashy sort of looking biker gang looking way. <laughs> She just stares at it for a second and is like, I understand. And then she, then she like put, opens, opens the drawer in her desk. And if you could look under it, you see like a whole bunch of like little pieces of paper with numbers written on them. Just... <laughs> and how, many, toss... how many of them are Francisco's? <laughs> oh, that is a good question. Uh, you, you can see several of them, but you can't tell how, just exactly how many. So yeah, with that, she, she basically just pushes you out of her office. Yeah, we, we we leave. All right. So now, yeah, you have you know you have a better like lead about what the briefcase is supposed to be. So what are you gonna do next? Father of knives, man. Uh, I wish we could just get this guy's name or something, and then we could like, <clears throat> you know what I'm saying, Nick? Right. Um, that seems a bit better of a plan than just wait five days and see what happens. Uh, yeah. Waiting's the worst part. So, like, don't know what it is. Who's it going to be? Uh. I'll say, uh, if you want, you can give me an intellect and uh, I'll just get this to you. I'll say, yeah, uh, you. if you think about it, you know, you found this briefcase 
the, 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 there was a piece of paper at uh, Mr. at the Lewis's house that said there was supposed to be a meeting there between for the briefcase, but you never really followed up. You know, Mr. Lewis. You know, like how what, what was your connection to this? Yeah, isn't he dead? <laughs> yeah, that's that was the man. What about his sister? Hmm. I mean, we know where where she lives. Yeah, you do know that, and you also know that there was another. There's another the redheaded woman who dropped off the briefcase. You got her uh, a license plate. Oh, nice. But also, how the hell are we gonna run her license plate? You got any cop friends, Nick, or something? Oh, um, we do know the one cop. Uh, what was her name? Detective Alana Johnson. Oh, she oh, does that. owe us. Sure. Let's call in a favor. All right. So, yeah, are you going to head, like, just call Detective Johnson beforehand, or are you going to go there directly? Let's go personally. I yeah, guess. showing up is something that seems way cooler. Exactly. <laughs> All right. It's, it's, it's the scion thing to do. Yeah, definitely. All right. So, yeah, you head, drive down to, like, you know, the police station at to the local thing and you you ask around a bit and they tell you like to go towards the uh the supernatural uh division which is in another location so you head on there and you arrive up to like it's a police building and you definitely see like you know on the sign saying leading up there saying you know supernatural division is there's a whole bunch of like you know runes and stuff there's like a painted circle around the building all kinds of like iconography around the place so it's own it's a own separate building, not a like division within a police department. Correct. Yes. That yeah, that might actually be quite dangerous to have in the middle of the precinct. So yeah, do you head on in? Oh uh, yeah. Suppose yeah. Gotta be honest, I already thought I'd be uh, you know <clears throat> interned here. All right. So yeah, you go in and you you, tr- you approach the uh, the circle, but you find actually if you, when you drive up to it, you can't find yourself unable to like pass through it just quite so easily. There's like a little intercom next to it, like a little gate. You like feel, there's some sort of invisible force keeping yes. us back? And there's like, the, the next to it, there's like a little intercom in the thing. Jesse just beeps it. Hello? Hello. Uh, it's Detective Johnson there. Who yeah, is it? Who is this? Who, who's this asking is for her? Jesse Halverson and Sir Nicholas. And then you hear like a you know, conversation in the background. Okay. We give you permission to enter. And then with that, like the, the feeling of the barrier vanishes. Nick stumbles forward a little bit because he's trying to like lean through and takes a step and is like, uh, okay, thank you. So yeah, you walk in and you know, like there's a front desk similar to like, the the office that you were just in, but this time again, like there's like bits of like iron hanging in the, from like the ceiling. There's, you know, again, like there's still like a line like painted into the thing right in front of the front desk. And you see like the, the receptionist has, like, you know, again, you know, has like a wearing, like, almost like a bulletproof vest, but there's still, like, there's still more, like, you know, symbols on it. Do we have to step over, like, a big line of salt? Yes. <laughs> uh, do we have to, like, is there a place where we give up our artifacts or something? <laughs> Actually, yes, there is. So, yeah, once you hit, unfortunately, they just, like, t- direct, like, like, point towards, like, a small room saying, leave all uh, mythological artifacts in this room. All right. Do you think that includes the snake? Living well, objects. They- living objects go to the to the. Uh, oh, what's a word for it? Stables. Well, Carmen Ganeter, uh, looks like uh, you'll have to stay in the stables. Try not to eat too many horses. And I, I just let him assume his like massive form. <laughs> so yeah, the 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 snake just. Uh, how big is uh, his true form? I'd say fifteen meters, maybe. 
So yeah, basically he just he, he was, the snake heads off, and then you see just like this the snake just doesn't seem to end as it just slowly slithers and growing in size as it goes down to like the hallway down to the stables. So so it takes quite a while for that snake to like empty out of the room we're in. Yes. And the receptionist there just doesn't even bat an eye at this. He's just like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then he turns, like, turns back to his book. Yeah. Um, Nicholas um, unbelts his sword, sets it on, like, the steel table, and, like, fills out one of those little uh, cards with his contact information on it. Yes. So, uh, it's like, Detective Johnson, and the receptionist is on the right, th- fourth floor, fourth door down. We'll find it. Well, we have... Um, we have a few things we need to show her, so do we check those here too, or can we just bring them through? They're not weapons. Now he well, says, we "Okay, don't think they're weapons." Yeah, I still don't think they're weapons. The the receptionist, like Quirks and Ibero, at that. We had them checked, and they're not weapons. Okay. Then at that point, the receptionist gets up, like he like so sort of like pass, waves his hand over like the briefcase, chanting something under his breath. Okay, go on in. Yeah, and I think. Gary still has the vial, right? Well, Gary's taking a vacation, so we'll just have to see. Yeah, he, he, I'll say, yeah, we'll, we'll get worried about that later. So, yeah, you go into the office, and, you know, there's a Detective Alana Johnson there working out of desk with papers. Like, yeah? Hi. Hello, <clears throat> Detective Johnson. Oh, we got a little favor to ask of you. <clears throat> Do you remember us from that thing? I remember you from the uh, investigation about Bayamari. Yeah, uh, nasty stuff. Anyways, we need you to run a license plate for us. Maybe tell us more about the person who owns the car. At that point, she actually like forks her eyebrow. I was like, really? Just, just a license plate, not having to track down someone to kill a goat and nothing like that. It's never just a license plate. I mean, barbecue would be nice. At that point, she's like, oh, that's surprisingly normal. That's a nice change. So yeah, and then she. I'll just end, end that real quick. And then she like types on her computer for the uh, a license plate. Okay. Uh, oh, by the way, I think, did someone, do you know someone named Gary? Yeah, he was helping us on this thing. Why? Because we just got, he just pulled in like a t- 30 minutes ago for speeding thing. He said he was supposed to meet you guys at some doctor's office. I oh. guess he was going to uh, 80 in a uh, 25 or something. Uh, try more, more sort of 70 than 35, but you were close. Ah. Uh, yeah, he's supposed to be helping us on this thing. All right. Uh, she like, like, pulls, pull, opens the, pulls the phone on her desk, like, you know, bring Gary in. All right. So, Gary, you're, you're in the scene now. So, yeah, Detective Johnson's. Okay. So, for that license plate, we got you. Uh, yes, it's registered to a Miss. Henrietta Irving. So yeah, it's and she lists off a little you know, a, a address. It's a some place close in uh, Scottsdale. Okay, first I gotta ask, what is this bullshit about putting people in on a fucking speeding ticket when they have a uh, cell phone connected to the uh, nine realms that that puts us in your in our jurisdiction? And protocol is for anything involving supernatural to be brought to the to the supernatural stations. I mean, can't he just put it on Bluetooth? You know, I can't pick the right YouTube video over Bluetooth. You know, sometimes it's Pornhub. I'll admit that. All right. So is there anything else indeed? Says uh, Detective Johnson. So we got um, Henrietta's like... uh, Address. Address. Okay. Okay. Do you have anything on her in your records? Um, No, no criminal records. Uh, 
date of birth, I think. Yeah, she's 40-something, pretty well-dressed, I'm guessing well-off because she paid, you know, no tax evasion things. Even her license plate, um, license folder looks nice. And it does, too. It looks just like a, you know, redheaded woman, striking. It just, just looks proud in her photo. All right. I can't think of anything else. Yeah. Uh, thanks a bunch. If you need any help, you know, uh, I guess just tell us. Can I get my keys? Uh, see, the, see the sergeant at the front desk. He'll let you have them. All right. And we I got guess- Gary back. This is turning up to be great. I guess we file through towards the place where they have her stuff. As Gary leaves, he'll mutter, do you know who my fathers are? (laughs) Yeah, we're in the supernatural uh, precinct, so they're like, everyone says that there. Yeah, I've heard that five times already. Oh, hello again, folks. I'd like to tell you about the Facebook group we run called White Wolf and Onyx Path RPGs Gameplay and Media. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded? One that won't be drowned out by random posts and discussions so that your media could get the attention you deserve. The group is specifically run with the sole intent of being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. The group is already immense and continuing to rapidly grow. With new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there.